Welcome to the Lighthouse Podcast, a resource created by Lighthouse Family Retreat to strengthen families that are living through childhood cancer. You will hear stories from families, educational information on childhood cancer, and most importantly, we will encourage your family during this journey. Wow. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I'm here with Christy, and we have had a long break, but it wasn't really a break at all because we were all at work with our summer beach retreats. And so that's really the heartbeat of who we are and what we do here at Lighthouse. Um, So if you're new to the podcast or new to Lighthouse Family Retreat, we come alongside families that are living through childhood cancer to strengthen them, encourage them, and equip them on their journey. And one of the main ways we do that is through our beach retreats. Yeah, and obviously 2020 derailed our typical summer retreat, so it was amazing to come back together this summer and serve the families. And now we are heading into the school year and a busy fall, not to mention a brand new season of this podcast, which is super exciting. In fact, if you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, you're going to want to right now because next month is going to be great. It's September and it's Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. So we are going to be bringing you some really special interviews of families sharing their own stories. I love September. I do too. Yeah. Not only obviously for September being Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, but I just love the month of September. It's football. Just well, say football it. kicks football. off. It really does. <laughs> but a bump kicks off, right? Um, so there's football, the leaves, you know, the weather starts to cool down. The, by the end of the month, the leaves are starting to shift and change a little bit. I just love yeah. I love the fall and September is is the start of that. So hey, also coming up on your calendars is our annual gold party. That happens in September. Uh, we're really trying to raise awareness for childhood cancer awareness month and for families living through childhood cancer. Uh, That's happening on September 11th, and we're doing it this year in two cities. That's both in Florida, down on the Gulf Coast, and here in Atlanta. It's one of our biggest fundraisers, and it's a blast. If you want to know more info on those, be sure to check out our website at lighthousefamilyretreat.org. So today we're talking about homeschooling and why a family with a childhood cancer diagnosis might consider homeschooling because of doctor's appointments, treatments, and their side effects, missing school. There may be times when a family just has to make a decision about alternative choices for their child or children's education. So we brought in a homeschooling educator and a friend of Lighthouse and of ours, Aria Randolph, to share from her experience, including some practical tips and debunking some myths when it comes to homeschooling. Yeah, because there's a lot out there. For sure. A lot of A lot of choices. Yeah, absolutely. And so Aria is a graduate of the University of Central Florida. There she majored in music and then also received a certificate from New Tribes Bible Institute. So early in her adult life, she worked primarily as a musician. But as her kids grew, she dialed that back a little bit, focused more on things at home, particularly in this season, homeschooling. And so Aria and her husband, Josh, they've been married for over two decades. They've got four kids, Selah, Kenyon, Isaac, and Evan. From time to time, she served at Camp Highland, Fellowship Bible Church. Of course, she served here at Lighthouse Family Retreat, so huge fans of that. Uh, Her uh, first retreat was during spring break 2019, and in fact, Josh, her husband, actually worked with us for a season. So super thankful because Aria's family plans to continue serving with Lighthouse, and of course, also grateful that she's sharing some time with us today to talk about this important topic when it comes to our kids, their education. 
And one thing I'd really like to know as we start that Aria wanted to make sure that it's clear she does not believe that homeschooling is or should be for everyone. So she's really passionate about sharing her family's positive experience, but she also recognizes that freedom of choice when it comes to your child's education is not only important, but it's also important for each family to reevaluate on a regular basis to see if what you're doing is even still working for each child and for the family as a whole. We'll get into that a little deeper during our conversation, but I just wanted to share that at the top so you can rest easy knowing this isn't a podcast intended to convince you to homeschool, but rather to share right. about the experience in case it's something that your family would want to consider. Yeah. So let's hear from Aria now. All right, it is good to see you, my friend, in person. Thank you. It's good to be here. Great so we know a little bit about your family, but take us back to when you and Josh were first having the school discussion, which I know has been several years, but yeah. how did that start? What was the conversation like? How did you make this decision? Yeah, well, as um, young uh, as a young married couple, mm-hmm. you know, we we're pregnant with our first child, we actually were in training to become overseas missionaries. And so at the time, I was not a big fan of homeschooling. You know, just my limited experience. I had a great public school experience growing up. But uh, at the time, you know, we're thinking as overseas missionaries, which we never ended up doing, uh, we only have two options. We either homeschool or send our child away on an airplane to, mm, to yeah. a boarding school. So that was kind of the first time the idea had a favorable impression. Mm-hmm on me. Um, so time passes, you know, my oldest Sayla was an early reader. And so I actually taught her to read before she went to school. So that was also like another little baby step of, Hmm, this, this is working in some way. You know, we used to drink hot cocoa while her little brothers were sleeping and taking naps. And I like to say that's kind of how homeschooling started, but fast forward, it's time for kindergarten. We moved to Atlanta that year. Josh was actually uh, teaching public school then as a science teacher. And so we, we put Sayla into kindergarten at the, our local public mm-hmm. school. It was a fine experience, you know, no, no major issues. But um, we had to move to another part of the city in the middle of the year. And that mid-year move was kind of like a, a pause for us. And so I thought, you know, I've always been curious about homeschooling. You know, we had talked about it in the past, like I said. And so we thought, let's just give it a go for the rest of this kindergarten year and see if we like it. Well, we did, you know, (laughs) and my kids especially liked it. They liked being able to climb the dogwood tree out front in between classes, you know, so to speak, and reading together and taking walks along the river, things like that. So early on, it was just a really sweet and positive experience for everybody. So that's that's how we got started. Was there a bigger picture, obviously, after the kindergarten change, right? Because mm-hmm. that one was more facilitated through, hey, it's a move. Right. We're here. I'm curious. Let's give it a shot. After that year, was there a bigger picture conversation of uh, kind of the why we want to do this? Mm-hmm. Did you and Josh talk more about you know, what is this going to look like um, going forward? You know, are there bigger things that factor in? What kind of conversation mm-hmm. did that look like after the kindergarten year? Well, to be honest, immediately after the kindergarten year, homeschooling was really on trial in my yeah. mind. You know, <laughs> yeah. I just, it took me actually probably three or four good years of being really timid about it. But um, thinking, well, it's elementary school. I mean, we, we can do this. Right. You know, it felt like a zero entry pool, just mm-hmm. super gradual, right? Yeah. And um, 
But yeah, eventually we started talking about the bigger why. And is this something we kind of want to keep leaning toward as a family? Yeah. For, for our family, it really comes down to two top whys. And the first one um, has really been to put relationships first. Hmm. And so... Um, and under that relationship heading, really like wanted to be able to have that faith relationship open mm-hmm. for our kids to, hey, we want this relationship with God to be part of our life, you know? And then really just the family relationships between parents and children, wanting yeah. to strengthening that, strengthen that. And then the sibling relationship, you know, um, knowing that yeah. when we all grow up, we have Thanksgiving with our brothers and sisters, you know, and so wanting to make sure that that was something that we were investing in. Um, And then the second reason was really just a custom fit education. Um, You know, I had one who read early and one who read really late. You know, kids just develop at different times and uh, wanted to be able to to meet those needs. Yeah. Yeah. Those are our top two whys. I can imagine there are some families out there. Mine uh, is probably definitely one of them where... um, the decision to go to public school was also a relationship decision. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> for sure. Uh, that it might be best um, that we let you go to school for seven or eight hours uh, and uh, and have a little separation. Absolutely. Um, and but that but that the point I think the start that conversation here mm-hmm. is um, everybody's different, right? Mm-hmm. And so your why is going to be different than another family's mm-hmm. why. But the important thing to think through the first step in this whole process is having the conversation as a family why do we want to do yep. this or what's important for us mm-hmm. and then align those options cuz now versus you know 18 17 16 years ago when Salem was starting uh, there's more options Absolutely. You know, right so you don't just have in school at the at the public school you can now do virtual school through most most school systems have a virtual option, mm-hmm. especially after this past year. Yep. Uh, and then you've got homeschool, and then you've got hybrid options, and you have a whole lot of different options. And so having that conversation as a family and talking through, okay, what's important to us? And, and that will then drive your why you make whichever decision Absolutely. Uh, it is. And then it's even beyond that probably a little bit like did you guys think that through as a family or did you also make that decision individually with the kids well i want to go back to one of the things you talked about and just you know you said this whole thing of all the different options i just want to Mm -hmm. piggyback on that for a minute and then talk about the individual aspect of it there are so many different options which is really wonderful yeah and so i like to say um just there, there are, you're picking a set of pros and cons, right? Yeah. And so public school has some great pros and it has some cons, right? Homeschooling, the way I do, has some great pros and it has some cons that I'm very aware of. And we should be aware of those, I think, as homeschoolers. Same thing with your hybrid options and anything in between, right? Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm not a homeschool is the only way kind of girl. And mm-hmm. I, I just like to say, yeah, you want to pick your favorite set of pros and cons for that child for that year. Yeah. And then you're going to want to have that why to, to really cling to because mm-hmm. there will be hard days just like anything in life, right? 
um, there are going to be days you just really need to go back to that why. Yeah. Um, yeah. So to the question of individual versus family, mm-hmm. um, I think it's really important for a family to consider that. And as you know, as we're talking about families living through childhood cancer, they may really have some reasons for choosing individually yeah. for each child rather than for the family. Um, and I'd love to to have you guys fill in the blanks there. Yeah. You know, what what could you foresee being some of the reasons that a, a family living through childhood cancer would A, choose to homeschool, and B, maybe consider specific needs for each child? Yeah, I think it's a great question, one that we've, we've obviously talked a little bit about as well. Uh, but those families have different options for each child because of the scenarios. Yeah, they do. And I think the first thing that comes to my head is just medical reasons. The other thing, too, along the medical lines is sometimes you're so busy with the appointments, depending on your treatment plan, you might not be available for your kid to be in school enough to make a difference or to have their education on track. Mm -hmm. So you may have to choose something where you're getting a little bit more home or individual attention at home just to keep them, you know, up with their peers. Those are the two that come to my mind first. Yeah, and I think even for siblings, you know, you, you may be making the decision and to your family's why mm-hmm. that it's a relationship decision knowing that everything that your family's going through in childhood cancer and so much attention right now is on that child on treatment maybe you as a family decide we're going to keep one sibling or if it's multiple siblings home mm-hmm. depending on your situation and and their their learning dynamic because it's an opportunity to build that relationship where it maybe it does make sense maybe there's not the medical you know, challenge right. or the medical threat, maybe their cancer and treatment where they're at, there's not uh, a medical reason for the child on treatment. And it does make sense for them to go to the public school so they can take advantage of maybe an IEP or the 504 yeah. plan, whatever they're on, that's going to help Absolutely. them. And then you make the decision with your sibling, with the siblings to spend time, more time with them and have some relationship time. I, that's where I think it's going to be individual where mm-hmm. in the season you're in as a family living through childhood cancer, a decision for the family may not make the most sense for every single child. And I think so that's it's just making those individual decisions. Mm-hmm. And then you said it earlier, which I think is really important. It's remaking that decision every year, like mm-hmm. reevaluating. Is yep. this still working? Is this still the best option? Yes. You know, going from fifth to sixth grade, is this still the best option? From mm-hmm. eighth to ninth grade, or uh, those are just more unique years, yep. right? Making the big transition to different schools, but reevaluating every year and asking, is this still the best option for this child? Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I can speak to is that when your child is in treatment, every decision seems hard, right? You have Mm -hmm. so many things you have to decide. And this is just one more big decision that can seem super overwhelming. That's why I love talking to you because you make it sound like everybody can do this. Like the first (laughs) time I talked to you, I'm like, this isn't as scary as I thought it was. So if a family has decided, this is, we're going to give this a go. We're going to give this a try. What are some, on the practical side, what are some things, how do you even know where to start? Because to me that it seems very daunting to me or it did till I talked to you the first time. Uh Then it seemed easy. (laughs) I love that. Well, yeah. When Christy, we, we, When you and I talked, um, we talked about kind of like what are the first three steps, Mm -hmm. right? And step one, know the law, Hmm. right? And so you're going to want to check it out. There's a national organization called hslda.org where you can go and click on any state and whatever state you live in, it'll tell you what the law is in that state. Now, we live in Georgia. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I go to the Georgia Department of Education and I search. 
some study, and there they have it listed for me. So each state is different. Every state is different. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Every state is different. Georgia has a reasonably easy. Um, system, I, I think. Um, it just tells you, here are the hours you have to put in. Here's the number of days you have to put in. Here are the required subjects you must teach. And by the way, here's how you tell us. You know, in Georgia, okay. that's a declaration of intent. Gotcha. And so um, it's pretty straightforward. You know, it. like I said, we're going to put some links in the show yes. notes. Mm-hmm. So if you want to look at that national organization, if you're outside the state of Georgia, you're just going to click on your state. It's going to take you to that state's Department of Education, and it's pretty straightforward. It's pretty simple. Is it? Does it break it down further by county, or is it state level? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if, what county you're in. Um, I, I don't know about every single state, okay. but I do know that for the state of Georgia, it is a statewide state level. Okay. regulation. That's good. Yeah. So. See, I like the bullet points of mm-hmm. this. This is where <laughs> bullet points are my love language. Yes. So go to the state. Yep. Figure out what the requirements know are. Know the law. That's know the right. law. Step one, know the law. Step two is where I get tripped up because in my head I'm like, I would have to know the stuff. Like I would yeah. have to be the teacher. I don't know the things. Like yes. my kids, I'm I'm reaching the end of public school. I only have one left. But you know, they outdid me in math. I'm just gonna say by like fifth grade. <laughs> I was like, that doesn't even look familiar to me. Right. That to me would be a big obstacle or something in my head that would prevent me. Like, how do I know what I'm doing? I know yeah. reading. I got that. Right. All the other stuff, I'm like, do I have to remember fourth grade? Right. Like, yeah. where do I go? Exactly. How do you even know what to teach? Yeah. Okay. So this this is something that, as a homeschooler, was shocking to me. But people thought I made this stuff up every day. They That's thought, what like, I would think. Every yes. night I was in a corner scribbling <laughs> yeah. out lesson plans yes. and coming up. I with, think that's a that's, real expectation yes, that's assumption. What, until because, I talked to you, right. that's what I thought. I, it's time for chemistry. Let's talk about how to... Yeah. You know, <laughs> right. no. Before I learned about um, homeschool years ago, I thought the same thing. I yeah. thought, you know, do you have to come up with like a chemistry lesson plan? Like, how, how do you do this? How do yeah. you take this to high school? Yeah. And what if you I, teach I, yeah. it wrong? Like, what, right. <laughs> you don't know what you're doing. So, And here's the beautiful thing is you don't have to make it up. What you're going to do is you're going to choose curriculum, Mm -hmm. which in a sense, you know, your school board does the same thing. They're choosing curriculum for your public schools. They're saying, we choose this science book for ninth grade or sixth grade or this reading program, right? That's what they're doing. The school board's doing it. And so as a parent, you have the opportunity to choose curriculum. And there's all kinds of options out there. There's kind of like the all-in-one box curriculum you can get, which is where I started. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's an easy way to start because you're going to pick such and such curriculum provider and they're going to say, here is our sixth grade package, you know, or our third grade package, right? Okay. As time went on for me, I continued to homeschool and I began to learn like, hmm, I really like this math and I really like this language arts and man, this science, this style really resonates with my kids, mm-hmm. you know, or, or whatever it would be, or, oh, I'm curious about this one. I want to try this one. And so I began to piece things together. But um, yeah, that's step two is you're going to be choosing curriculum. You're not making it up. And <laughs> that's um, good to know. So yeah. not making it up is super important and helpful, right? Yeah. Knowing you don't have to create that. There's a curriculum. However, who teaches mm-hmm. the curriculum? Like, yeah. who's teaching them the math, right? Yeah. Because I've not been in a math class yeah. for 30-something yeah. years. We keep coming back years. to math, okay, obviously. So, that's funny. A... so who's teaching? <laughs> yeah. are, are there videos yeah. that go along with this? Are there, like, yes. how does that work? You know, it's interesting. So there are... 
you know, there are some math, I've been through a couple, mm-hmm. there's some that will give the parent a script. You know, that's okay. that's one idea. It's written. Okay. There are some that use a video, like okay. a once a week video, yeah. and then you teach the lesson with that. I actually use one like that. I like that. Um, when I watch the video, I re-understand it, and mm-hmm. I know that's that way of teaching it. That works for me. Okay. I've got friends who use a curriculum that it's a daily video. Every single day, okay. there's a video with a lesson. Um, personally, I I think watching that with your child is important because then you can collaborate yeah. together, then right? That's a huge part. Mm-hmm. But um, but but you know, I mentioned all these options. One key thing I would also stress with curriculum is once you once you get into this rabbit hole of of you know homeschooling and then yes. picking curriculum, you're going to find out that there are a zillion options. Yeah. I mean, there are just so many options, and so. The most important thing I would would ask your listeners to remember is that it's 2021 and there are lots of ways to win. Yeah. If you pick something and you stick with it, it is going to add value to your child. And so just remember that there are lots of ways to win when it comes to choosing curriculum. And, um, you know, for that initial, yeah, talk to your friends. You probably know someone who homeschools. Talk to them. You can get on some online groups, mm-hmm. things like that. That can be a little overwhelming because, you know, as with all things on social media, people have passionate yes. yeah. opinions, yeah, 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 yeah. you know. But, you know, another thing I really like to utilize are some free resources for consulting there's one particular uh, curriculum provider called Rainbow Resource. Again, we'll put the link in the show notes. Mm-hmm. But like, they sell all kinds of curriculum, and they provide a consultant. So you can call them and say, hey, here's my situation. I might only be homeschooling this year, you know? Right. And can you help me know how to jump in where my child is so they don't fall behind and they can re-enter public school really well when they go back in the mm-hmm. fall or yeah. spring, right? Um, there are other other specific curriculum providers when they sell their own box or their own package, a lot of those also provide you with a consultant. They wanna help you. I mean, they want you to win. Right. But like I said, if you just kinda want more of that broad look, call Rainbow Resource and uh, yeah. they'll help you. And then you also have, right, today, at least in Georgia, and then obviously now so much across the country with everything from the pandemic this past year, you have curriculum a lot of times through the school system yes. as well. And you can uh-huh. follow the same curriculum that you know your mm-hmm. neighbor's going through that's in the same grade at the actual school. School, mm-hmm. you can follow it there. Mm-hmm. And then you probably have also some resources through the school because you're using the yep. school system that maybe would be a little bit different. Absolutely. Yeah. And even before the pandemic, Georgia offered a K-12 virtual option. Okay. And the beautiful thing about that is it's 100% paid for. Yep. They send you everything. If you have a, an elementary schooler, they're going to send you the clay. You know, they're going to send wow. you the, all the resources yeah. you need. And they're going to provide a teacher for you, which usually checks in once a week. Again, yeah. check in with your Department of Education. But um, one of the downsides of that, just to to share that, is that if you're having a hard time keeping up with the pace of school, Mm -hmm. there may be some of the pace issues that that could be difficult yeah. in one of those K-12 There's less options. flexibility There's when you're following that program. Sure. Yep. Whereas if you deliver it yourself, you've got more flexibility. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so we get the curriculum. We've decided we're doing this. Yeah. And then my my the third part's my favorite because my two favorite words are schedule and routine uh-huh. <laughs> um, with three boys. That was important. So... <laughs> 
what are some tips? How do you create one, especially if you've never done this before? Mm-hmm. And now, you, you know, the yellow school bus isn't taking your kids. They're right. home with you all day. Yeah. And I could imagine this part could be really, really hard because there's less boundaries. There's less. Yes. How do you even start with that? Yeah. I think sometimes um, this can actually be one of the most challenging uh, aspects of Mm -hmm. homeschooling um, because of the word home. You know, you're now thinking about how do I do the home things like laundry and chores and, you know, feeding people. Did I say that? (laughs) Um, And you're also figuring out how to add in this school schedule. And uh, some people are more scheduled. Some people are less scheduled. I do enjoy routine, you know, so we have a, we have a set wake up time. We have a set of things we do in the morning. You know, um, one of the ways I learned to break things up was we kind of have table time. I I homeschool all my kids. So there's some table time, which Mm -hmm. is you're either working with me one-on-one or you're working independently and you know what you should be working on. And then the other portion of the day is like together time. It's we're reading aloud together. It's that content stuff that we can all share. But bottom line is no matter how you're doing it or what mm-hmm. you're doing or how many kids you're homeschooling, I do think you're going to have to come up with some type of a routine, some way to get things done and meet those requirements. And just create some consistency in your day, mm-hmm. right? That you yeah. just know you can rely on this is how the day is going to flow. Yeah. And there You know, I would think about a family living through childhood cancer. They probably have some big blocks of time that might be spent um, for appointments Mm -hmm. or or treatments that they're having to attend to. And so, you know, again, there's all kinds of great scheduling resources out there. But, you know, put those big non-negotiables in your day in first. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I mean, it could be as simple as having a whiteboard up where you write out the plan for that day mm-hmm. and then you erase it when it's done. I mean, isn't that satisfying? Oh, it yeah. so is. <laughs> you know, at the end of the school year, I like to use post-it notes mm-hmm. to put the, la- these are the last 10 things you have to do for this subject or whatever. And man, you just get to rip the post-it yes. notes off when they're done. Yes. You know, it could be, I use an assignment book where my boys know what to do each day. They wake up, they have a, a list for themselves. You know, these are some just practical things. Mm-hmm. Not everybody does the same thing. But yeah, you're going to want to have some way to accomplish the things in front of you. Yeah. So I think that's super helpful. I do think the routine and schedule pieces, um, you know, it can be overwhelming if you don't yeah. if you don't have it. It's gonna mm-hmm. it's gonna be tricky. Your days are gonna be challenging. Yeah. Christy, I'm gonna steal from you um, a phrase that you used uh, offline before we got okay. started. Um, but you're translating this from daunting, you used daunting a minute ago, to doable, right? Uh Daunting to doable. Because I really think this is because I think a lot of people, uh, when they probably, uh, you know, opened up this podcast and heard it and said, oh my gosh, homeschooling, that's just not, you Mm -hmm. know, we just had to do this. We were forced into it during the pandemic Mm -hmm. and weren't prepared, right? And so it's like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, no. But hey, if if we actually can think through these steps, it's it's doable. It's not as daunting. And now maybe it is an option. And so I just want to recap, right? Because we yeah. talked about a couple of things. One, why, right? You mm-hmm. got to talk about it as a family and talk through what's the, what's the decision-making process? Why do we want to do this? Is this the right decision for us as a family? And then even more so, does it make sense for each of our children sure. based on their learning style and, and just unique circumstance, mm-hmm. especially in our situation with the families, whether it's a child on treatment yep. or a sibling, but thinking mm-hmm. through that, right? Yep. And then uh, and then the step after that is just, is it legal? 
Sure. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, not yet. Is it legal? legal. Right. It is legal. That's important. Right. <laughs> is, is what I'm doing legal? So exactly. find out what's the law. Right. Follow yeah. the law, right? Yeah, we is, want to serve our children well. This right. is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. you take that step of what's the law say and what are the steps that have to be taken, hours, all that kind of stuff. But you gave us a really easy way to just yep. find that and identify that. That's, mm-hmm. that's easy, right? Yep. It just takes a couple clicks on, on the internet. Uh, and then step two, identifying the curriculum. And there's yep. multiple different ways you can do that. Uh, and then the third piece is schedule and routine, yep. right? And just really thinking through how you're going to organize and schedule your day. Yep. I think that's great. Yeah. And with the routine, you know, the I feel like the younger your kids are, the it's going to take less time, right? Mm-hmm. And even in Georgia, this the hour requirement is four and a half hours. Whereas the older your kids get, it is going to take more time or the more children you're homeschooling. And so, you know, I do some routine things like I turn my phone off most of the time, you know, yeah. and I dedicate my time. If it's school time, it's school time. And, you know, not everybody does it that way, but just an encouragement that this, you know, you're schooling your children. Yeah. So... So I love bullet points, but I also love the heart stuff because this is obviously very near and dear to your heart. So encouragement for parents who feel like, oh my gosh, this is just one more thing I have Mm. to do. And what if I don't do it right? And I'm already messing up in all these other places, my child's on treatment, all of that stuff. What can you um, share with them? Yeah, well, I would say two things really from my heart. And the first one is just to sweeten the experience. Um, You know, my two favorite memories as I look back over my years homeschooling, it'd be time we spent outside walking, you know, after lunch, Mm -hmm. but also the time we spent reading together. And I mentioned some of that already, but no matter what you're doing, as you choose that curriculum, I would highly encourage um, sharing stories together. It's just a really sweet, sweet way to wrap up the day. You know, it's how we wrap up our day, actually. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, man, we need to celebrate all this hard work. So grab a popsicle, get on the back porch, I'm going to read for 30 minutes. And somehow that story knits your heart together. Um, we actually had an accident in our family, and one of my children was injured recently. And, you know, it was really hard for me to deal with. Mm-hmm. But when we read our story together and shared this I mean, it was incredible. I, everybody, we all forgot all of what was going on for yeah. just that brief time. And it just knit our hearts together. It was really special. But um, the other thing I would say specifically to families who are in treatment with one of their children is that, you know, even in the homeschooling world, you may be getting on Pinterest or looking at ideas. And I would say don't compare yourself to other homeschoolers even, because you are dialing up some things for your child and for for their siblings that cannot be replicated in the classroom. Hmm. And we all know this. We all know Mm -hmm. that this is a life experience that is teaching them some things that some other kids are not getting to learn, right? right? And, um, you know, one of the lighthouse themes is rest. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I would say you have an opportunity to rest in knowing that you are giving your child some different life experiences and just receive that as a unique gift for this year. So oh, yeah. I love that. love that ties into rest. Hey, mm-hmm. Aria, thank you so much. I love talking to you about this because you're so passionate, but I love that you made it like, like Chris said, less daunting, but also just talking about that there's choices and that you can pick the choice that's right for your family. And I love the no comparison thing because mm-hmm. we don't have time for that. No, no but we do it all the time. Mm. It's, you know, even as I was thinking through coming today, I thought I need to hear that. Yeah. You know, we, we all do it. We yeah. all, 
we all went, am I okay? Am I doing a good enough mm-hmm. job? And uh, it was encouraging just to remind my own heart of that yeah. this morning. That's great. Well, thank you for all this perspective. And I know it's going to help people that are listening and trying to make these hard choices. And we just loved being able to see you today and sit down with you. Same here. Thank you so awesome. much. Thank you. That was really great, helpful insight from Mm -hmm. Aria. We hope that it encouraged you in your journey to figure out the best plan for your child's education. And we hope you'll check back in with us in the next couple of weeks as we're going to be talking to both a childhood cancer survivor next week and then her siblings the week after that. Mm. And I think it's going to be really encouraging to any parent walking this road right now to hear how both the child on treatment and the other kids might process all of this later. That's right. So be sure and subscribe so you don't miss out on these great conversations. And while you're there, we'd love it if you would rate and review the podcast so we can get some helpful information out to more families. Also, if you'd like more info on what we're doing at Lighthouse, be sure to check us out at lighthousefamilyretreat.org. We'll see you on the next podcast.